Party horns! Happy New Year! Oh my god. It's the <laughs> new year, y'all. It is. Happy 2020... Oh, wait. 2022. <laughs> I almost said 2023. Yeah. Oh my god, what's happening to me? We're in the future now. The f- yes, the future's here. Yeah. Welcome back to Oddities, everybody. That's right. I'm Cassie. I'm Anna. And welcome back to Strange Town, the 2022 Strange Town, all aboard the Strange Express. We have some fun stuff that we're <laughs> going to be trying this year. <laughs> I like the Strange Express. You like that? Maybe. Oh, maybe the new and improved Strange Town is, in fact, the Strange Express. Toot toot. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm good. It feels because we pre-record, hey, you guys know the deal. You know. And it feels very bizarre to know that this is coming out in 2022. I know. I'll be back from Jamaica. I hope I had fun. I'm sure I did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> I hope I'm tan. I sure, I'm, I'm sure I am. I'm a thousand percent positive of that. <laughs> uh but so, uh, I'm I'm good. How are you? I'm fine. It's Not much a... to report on this end. <laughs> yeah, it's been a week, but that's okay. I'm heading into finals, but when this comes out, I'll be done with finals. So that's nice. Um, mm-hmm. There was something else I was going to say. Oh, I forgot to say. Everybody, follow us on social media. <laughs> Damn it. Is. Damn it. Uh, so, yeah, follow along on social media. All the information is in the description box. We also have our email there. We love hearing from you guys. And there's a listener's episode coming up with some crazy fucking shit. Also, check out our merch line. We have some fun oddities wear with, like, lots of they're very punny and inside jokey. And uh, if you'd like to donate to our show, please consider doing so. We have a link to our Patreon as well, and you can donate as low as a dollar a month, and you get a bonus episode every week, and all former bonus episodes once you start donating. Yeah, and they're on video, and they're more up to, in line with time, question mark. (laughs) Question, question mark. They're more up to, in line with time, question mark. All of that. They're, like, it's more current. We're current. We're not as confused by time. And by we, I mean me, because I have no concept of time. <laughs> We're current. We're hip. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's right. How do you do, fellow kids? That's right. I'm trying to think of the... Oh, something else big that happened. I did a big chop. All of my hair is gone. Not all of it. Now it's oh, just it's like so a... cute. It's a short, sassy little something. Thank you. I, I washed it this morning, still using too much shampoo and conditioner, but... You know, time heals yeah. most things. But that, that's right. That's the classic. Mm, mm. And you know? um, when I buzzed, when I buzzed my sides, I was constantly like, "Oh!" And it would just like fly right off the side of my head. I was like, <laughs> oh my god! I was, How long am I gonna do this? <laughs> yeah, and it was, um, you know, still getting used to brushing it. So I'm doing the thing where I'm like brushing phantom hair. Like I brush it and then I just keep oh, going. Yeah. But there's, but alas, there's, the lights are on, but no one's home. <laughs> the lights are up. Yeah, that's my whole life. Me too. 
And that's that's really it for yours truly. I hope everybody had a great holiday season. And happy Kwanzaa. I think Kwanzaa's going on when this comes out. Oh, happy Kwanzaa. I think. So happy Kwanzaa to you. And um And we hope everybody what is this, New Year's Day? Or the day after The day Monday? after. Yeah. So we hope everybody had a very safe New Year. We hope you wish for good things. We hope 2022 is the best. God, please. That's what we hope. God, please. And we're both turning yeah, 30, I, flirty, and thriving this year. Oh, my God. That's Almost true, and I 30. can't wait. Dude, we're so... <laughs> I can't We're going to have to change the theme song once we hit it. Yeah. Yeah, to, I don't know. Now we're 30. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean... I do have a new segment for the almost 30 because yesterday, dude, Ooh. dude, yesterday I went Christmas shopping. Ooh. I have discovered this about myself. I'm not good in crowds anyway, mm. but mm. I went to the mall. Oh, no. And I physically can't. I no. can't do it. Nope. Like, I got so panicky. Nope. And... People have stopped wearing masks again, which yep. I don't love, if I'm going to be totally honest with you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Also, A, because it's flu season now, so yes. you're just, whatever. But there were so many people, and I was just like, I hate this. This is why I online shop. Yeah, all I do is online. Everything was online. I just know. But I got some very, I got a special trinkets for all my... Santa people, including the tiny people in my life, and now I'm done. That's great. My parents gave us yeah. an early Christmas present. They're new humidifiers. So that's a, so that's my segment of almost 30. I'm fucking pumped. Almost 30. These things are tight. They have like a gauge for like, I, I, can't, I can't remember the word. What's the official term? But like it can gauge the level of humidity and will turn on and off accordingly. They have a humid. Ooh. What the fuck is it called? It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's got one of those, so very exciting. And I, I think I'm ordering a bidet. <laughs> Almost Because <30. laughs> me and Cassie had dinner on Friday, we and did. we went. Cassie was like, "That that toilet looks like it's got a it's a space station. It's from the future." <laughs> so and I was like, "No, that's a bidet." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that toilet can do a lot of things. That toilet's like a transformer. It's like. Bidet, toilet, like, I don't know, musical number, all in one. And there was, like, a heated seat? I heated was into seat. it. I think you could do, like, a light show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was, that toilet was living its best life. Dude, big time. But Wow, yeah, this, is, this I, has been a hell of an intro. <laughs> it sure has. But it just feels like, you know, I went to bed at, I was FaceTiming with someone I love dearly, and then I went to bed at, 11 o'clock and I was like this is this is the way I want to be I don't want to go out anymore <laughs> no no especially not into crowds especially not into crowds crowds are just like ay 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 do you know, I just uh, that's all just my my like skin starts to crawl flames and all of a sudden I'm like I'm I'm gonna yeah like I'm <laughs> I felt like flames on the side of my head I was like I gotta get out of here get in get out get in get out <laughs> <laughs> don't forget your shoes that's it wow okay bringing us back to the task at hand yes um, yes 
I have a listener suggestion. Love that. It's, it's pretty short. It's a pretty spookala bookala. It's kind of fun, kind of fresh, a little sad, yeah. but kind of cool. Or would you like to go first? Well, I have a true crimey. Ooh, okay. So crime. I wonder why me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should go firsty. Okay. All right. Um, so the reason why I'm doing this is because I started watching Landscapers on HBO Max. And it's a true story. So this is that true story. Oh, okay. Jesus, but also That's exactly right. <laughs> but also, Landscapers has Olivia Coleman and David Thulis, who is Lupin in Harry Potter, basically. That's how I know him. And oh. they are brilliant. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, it seems like this is the story... This is a story all about how, wow, li- literally Jesus take the wheel this morning. What is happening today? But, I'm not sure. We're breaking down. But this is about Susan and Christopher Edwards. Those are their names. Okay. So. Okay. I don't think I know anything about this about at all. about the beginning of their lives, it seems like. Oh, they just like poofed into existence? Poof. I guess. But basically, this is a couple that lived in East London. Susan stayed home a lot and while Christopher worked as a credit control officer. And Susan basically seemed to spend most of her time indoors. Same. I feel that. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, I do, especially around this time of year, I spend quite a lot of time indoors. Yeah, I even have, I have the curtains drawn because I opened it and the sun was, like, shining on me. I was like, it burns! (laughs) Yeah, like, close the curtains. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So in 2014, The Guardian reported, quote, their bank statements and credit card bills suggest she was absorbed in a fantasy universe. He had always been interested in military history, and she became fixated by Second World War leaders, unquote. So, sounds good, eh? Okay, so this is a weird start. Okay. Yeah. So in the late 90s, they started buying stamps and autographs, and owning a lot of memorabilia. And that's basically, it became like their passion project. Specifically with Gary Cooper. Which instantly, because I've watched okay. so much Die Hard already, I'm like, that was Gary Cooper, asshole. <laughs> watched a lot of Die Hard. <laughs> so, Susan's parents are the focal point of this whole thing. So let's talk about them a little bit. Oh, Susan's boy. parents... Okay are William and Patricia Witcherly, and they're seemingly depicted as not that great. Patricia oh, seems to cool be... Oh, cool last name. Yeah, right? Witcherly. Yeah. Yeah, ooh. I, I okay. don't know I'm, if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sure there's a British pronunciation, and I'm sorry, British people. I love you so much. So Witcherly! Witch- <laughs> <laughs> You're a Witcherly, Harry. So... <laughs> melting right. down, man. So, oh boy, Patricia seems to be overbearing with a drinking problem, and William seems to have anger issues. So, Excellent. we're not doing, we're not doing Excellent. well. Excellent. Okay. Solid environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And according to The Guardian, quote, the contact between the two couples was irregular and strained, unquote. So, she stated as saying this in a police interview that her father never liked Christopher, and she thought that he okay. was jealous when they got married in 1983. Ew. 
Now, we don't have time to unpack all of that. <laughs> and I, I am not equipped to unpack that. Yeah. So, Yikes. nevertheless, okay. it's discovered that William and Patricia Witcherly were killed and buried in 1998. Oh, okay. So let's unpack that. Okay, Okay, yeah, if we're going to unpack anything, let's go with that one. (laughs) Yeah. So forensic analysts determined that the Witcherleys were fatally shot at their home sometime over the May Day bank holiday weekend in 98. Since we're not in the UK, I was like, when the fuck is that? But that's the first day of... Yeah, when is that? summer celebration like the first day of summer that's when they celebrate what the fuck why don't we celebrate that right yeah we just celebrate like the end of summer what the fuck yeah they they do it right over there yeah yeah so the following day susan empties her parents bank accounts so seems a little weird okay okay it's around 40,000 pounds, which is equivalent to like 52,000, almost 53,000 dollars. We'll so take over that. the next decade, the Edwards do everything they can to keep up the appearance that the Witcherleys are alive. They maintain their property, they keep up with the bills. Susan sends Christmas cards and letters on her parents' behalf to give relatives updates, saying like they're, they weren't in the best of health, but they went to Ireland because of the good air, blah 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 blah. Wow, I'm going to be honest, like, the draining of their bank accounts was weird, but, like, everything else, they're doing, like, a pretty solid, like, this is a solid charade. Yeah. So, you know, there's a post office worker that lived on the same street that were told the couple was in Camp, and others were told they were in Blackpool, other people were told they were in Ireland. So, the, but these people, basically because they, they, people thought they just, like, neighbors and friends were like oh they were pretty weird and eccentric and they were kind of reclusive to begin with people were like they left and kind of just like accepted that yeah neighbors saw susan and christopher visiting like every three weeks to check in on the house and cut the grass and stuff so they were like oh you know they're just like really nice daughter and son-in-law susan and christopher kept in touch with the department of work and pension oh my god my my audio why would my mic just cut out for no reason I love that. I don't know which of us is editing that, but that's amazing. So I can't wait. Oh my god! Can everything chill the fuck oh out? God, you're frozen. Oh wait, you're back. Okay, go ahead. I got so. Go ahead. Jesus. Oh my god, it's all bad. This is gonna be terrible. Okay. In 2005, after a driver crashed a car into the property through the garden fence. Oh. The Edwards sold it by forging signatures. Oh. They were like, they were like, it. enough. Enough's enough. Yeah. Also, that house had terrible luck. Yeah. So, until 2012, this whole scheme worked. On William Witcherly's 100th birthday... Oh, my God. The Department for Work and Pensions wrote, requesting an in-person meeting to go over his benefits. Sure, I would, too. Ah! Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, how old does it say this guy is? What is going on? He's still been doing this over the internet and via mail. We got to go investigate this. probably have a cup of tea. Yeah. So panicked, Susan and Christopher take off to go to France. They lived on 245,000 pounds, but over a year later had a euro between them. What are they they doing? 
They're spending thousands of dollars on Hollywood souvenirs and particularly autographs of movie star Gary Cooper. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? Okay. And by purchasing gifts for Susan, Christopher racked up a debt of 14,000 pounds on one credit card. Holy shit. Over a year. Oh my God. So there were, I guess just to fill out how much of a fantasy world they lived in, there were letters reportedly written from Gerard Depardieu, who's a French actor, to Christopher, which were discovered to have been written by Susan. What? Yeah. That's bizarre. Okay. So the motive of the murders obviously instantly becomes money because Susan's step-grandmother had left an inheritance that was signed over to Susan's parents and they had used it on the their previous home in London. So Susan was like, I was owed that shit and you took it, basically. Okay. While in France, Christopher contacts his stepmother to ask for money and tells her the story that the couple would later tell in court, which is... Are you ready for this? Oh my god, what? Mrs. Witcherly shot her husband. Mrs. Edwards shot her mother after being provoked and they buried the bodies a week later. A week later? I In my notes, I go, this is a terrible story, gang. This is the worst fucking story that they could have come up. This is what the... What, you know how bad yeah. it would smell? Awful. So, What the fuck is going on with these people? Fantasy world indeed. Truly. So his stepmother receives that phone call. Presumably, Christopher's like, hey, don't call the police. She hangs up, calls the police. <laughs> so the pol- which hilarious right <laughs> and in the show like he's like hey don't call the police and then like the next shot is like an audio recording of her talking to the cops <laughs> <laughs> i love that so, so the police tried to contact susan and christopher but failed and then a month later the force received an email that they were giving themselves up christopher wrote quote We are going to surrender ourselves to the UK Border Force authorities at the Eurostar Terminal at Lille Europe Station. We would prefer to do this since my wife is already sufficiently frightened, unquote. Police found the Witcherly's remains in the garden in October 2013, later confirming one body had a bullet lodged in the spine. Wow. Yeah. So here's the verdict. Police believe Christopher shot both his in-laws with a World War II 38 commando revolver as he had experience of using guns. Wow. Well, that fits the bill with their whole, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And neighbors had seen him, quote, digging up to his waist in the garden that day, unquote, in 1998. Ah, so they didn't even bother to do this shit, like, in the dead of night. <laughs> Right. So he later admitted in court he had been digging a grave, but it hit a cable while digging the first hole, so moved further down the garden and dug a second. Why is that your reasoning, sir? (laughs) You're not good at this. Oh, my God. What's interesting is that, like, they were kind of good at covering this up until they got into court. Yeah, until they got into court, and then they, like, shit the bed. I I don't know what happened. So the couple basically awoke in the early hours to carry the bodies wrapped in a duvet down from the upstairs bedroom where they had been killed to the garden. The 
Detective Chief Inspector was quoted as saying, quote, This is a couple that appear to have planned for some years to exact revenge for taking the inheritance that had been due to Susan from her step-grandmother. They said, We will travel to Mansfield, we will kill this couple, who we know will not be missed, and take all of their money. I would describe that as pretty cold and calculating, unquote. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree. Yeah, I, I can't and, really refute that. Yeah, you can't really argue it. In 2014, uh, a jury at, at Nottingham Crown Court found the pair guilty of premeditated double murder just over 16 years after they committed their crime, and they were sentenced to life in prison with a minimum of 25 years, and they remain in prison to this day. <laughs> this is just the fucking craziest story. Right? It's This what? is the most odd shit I've ever heard. What the hell were they doing? I just don't even know what to think of any of that. I have no idea. What were they doing, ever? Yeah, I, I like, I, wow. It's, it's a very odd story. And that's wow. Susan and Christopher Edwards. Go watch okay. Landscapers, gang. Wow, they're like the, they're, they deserve like the Darwin Awards for murderers. <laughs> it's like, I'm actually, I gotta be honest with you, I'm pretty... I'm mildly impressed with what they were able to cover up. Well, yeah, like what like we were we we were on a good track. And then yeah. we weren't. <laughs> I don't know. And then we just weren't, you know? Well, yeah, that was just wow. Wow, well good. Yeah. Good topic, good find. Um mine is um a totally different from that. So, here Perfect. we are. Are we ready? Are we ready for some spookula bookulas, some spooky, scary skeletons, some ghosties? Always. All of that. Here we, here we go. It's early 1973. So everybody, oh, so everybody was high. Okay, so 1973, and a captain on an Eastern Airlines flight from Newark, New Jersey. Hey! Hey! To Miami was asked to check on a passenger in first class. The passenger in question was another Eastern pilot, supposedly deadheading, which is like when they're flying home off clock. Um, who was not? Why can't they come up with a better name for that? Yeah, why the fuck is it called deadheading? But whatever. So anyway, this person wasn't listed on like the flight manifest or whatever. So oh. the man is the man is dressed in full captain's uniform, and hadn't responded to the questions of the senior flight attendant. He was just kind of like staring ahead, as if in a daze. And when the captain approached the passenger, he exclaimed, quote, my God, it's Bob Loff, quote. What? I know. So hang tight. It should have been a welcome meeting between old colleagues, but there was one issue. Bob Loft had been dead for months. What? Oh, my God. I know. You like that lead up? You like that shit? I so, did. Let's go back in time a wee bit. So here we are. December 29th. 1972 uh eastern flight 401 from new york to miami takes off from jfk airport at 9 20 p.m there were 176 people aboard it was like a state-of-the-art lockheed l 1011 which means nothing to me but mm. was nicknamed the whisper liner for its relative quiet compared with that of other planes that's interesting the whisper liner i like that I like that. So, yeah, they can come up with a cool name like that, and then they call it deadheading. What's wrong with you people? Deadheading. 
I know. So, uh, 11.30 p.m., the captain welcomes everyone to the city as the plane descends toward Miami International Airport. Um, at 11.42, though, Flight 401 smashes into the Everglades at 225 miles per hour. My so, nightmare. So, we, we deviated from what we thought was going to be a smooth landing. So, the captain for Flight 401 was, in fact, Bob Loft. He died in the cockpit not long after impact. Um, second officer, Don Repo, uh, survived the crash but died in a hospital a few days later. And altogether, 101 passengers and crew perished in the, in the crash. But 75... That's horrible. That is. 75 survived. And at the time, it was the highest death toll of any single plane crash in the continental United States. But... Oh, my God. I was just about to be but, like, I cannot imagine surviving a plane crash, but my great aunt survived a plane crash. She said it was wild. Oh my fucking God. I bet it was wild. Did she get like therapy after? I would need therapy. I mean, I feel like in with my, in my great aunt's day, like they didn't even get therapy. No, that like wasn't a thing, right? No, my great aunt was no. like, ah, I survived a plane okay. crash. She was wow. the dopest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so cool. Okay. But this whole, this whole event you know, isn't over, right? So over the next year and a half, numerous Eastern Airline employees report seeing the ghosts of both Don Repo and Bob Loft on other Eastern flights. Flight attendants claim to have seen Repo's reflection in an oven door in the galley. An attendant what? on another New York Miami... I know. On another New York Miami flight opened an overhead bin to see Loft's face staring back at her. No. No. That's like the grudge. Doesn't she pop out of the top of a closet or some shit in one of those movies? I can't. Um, then an entire Eastern cockpit crew saw Repo sitting among them on another flight, and they claimed the dead man warned them about a faulty electrical circuit, which was found and repaired. Even Whoa. an Eastern vice president. I know. And even an Eastern vice president saw Loft on a plane preparing to take off from JFK. Oh Isn't that my bananas? God. I know. So there's this guy, Ryan Sprague or Sprague. I don't know. He he hosts a podcast. I'm not even going to get into the name of it because we all know you need to just listen to us. And he's he's a co-host of a of a television series. Um, and he writes about Flight 401 for a paranormal website, like back in 2017, right? And he notes that the consistency of the reported sightings and the innocuous and or helpful nature of the apparition was a common theme. And he says, quote, I do tend to believe most of the ghost stories related to Flight 401 because they seem very simple and innocent, end quote. Um, and he says, quote, these aren't evil spirits trying to torment passengers or witnesses. They are merely trying to find a way to connect or communicate with us, though the only things they have in common with us, I'm sorry, through the only things they have in common with us, the stories they left behind. Ooh, I know. So there's this like whole notion out there that like departed souls might be able to retain a relationship with inanimate objects. And that's known as psychometry. And we've talked about this before, right? Like we're like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, like buildings and, you know, all this shit. Um, there is an account of the sightings that was printed in a 1974 issue of the Flight Safety Foundation newsletter, which is a trade publication or was a trade publication not known for indulging in the supernatural. 
Uh, Eastern Airlines officially dismissed the ghost stories with then-CEO Frank Borman, a former Apollo astronaut, going so far as to call the tales garbage. (laughs) 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 That seems rude to me. Weirdly enough, he, he says this in a book by a man named Robert J. Serling, and Robert J. Serling was the older brother of the Twilight Zone creator, Rod Serling. Oh, that's like that meme. Have you seen that meme? Where it's like... No. It's, it's like, oh, that was some fucked up shit. Anyway, I'm Rod Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, according to an investigative reporter, John G. Fuller, he, he writes a book in 1978, or I'm sorry, 76, called The Ghost of Flight 401. Uh, Eastern employees who reported sightings to supervisors were typically referred to the company Shrink. And eventually the tales became so persistent and prevalent that Eastern management allegedly warned its employees that they would be fired if they caught disseminating the ghost stories. Meanwhile. That seems a little intense. Yeah. Meanwhile, logbooks from nearly all the flights on which the sightings were reported began to disappear. And this is significant because Eastern flight crews were trained to note any and all onboard incidents in the flight log, no matter how small or questionable. And then... At some point, it emerges that Eastern had reportedly salvaged parts from Flight 401, and many of those parts were fitted onto Aircraft 318, which is another L-1011 in Eastern's fleet. And coincidentally, or maybe not, most of the ghost sightings occurred on that very aircraft. Ooh. I know, so this ties into that whole psychometry thing. I know. So, in terms of psychometry... um. This guy, Sprague, who, who did this podcast and wrote this thing or whatever, he says, quote, I do believe in psychometry to an extent. I have several colleagues who claim to have haunted artifacts. I have personally witnessed unexplained phenomena occur in the vicinity of several of these items. While there's certainly no way I can verify the authenticity of these items, the stories behind them, or the phenomena that seem to be connected to them, I do think that certain energies can attach themselves to inanimate objects. When it comes to the salvaged parts from Flight 401, I could definitely understand that some sort of residual energy would be left behind. Quote. I could kind of see that, you know? Mm-hmm. It'll, like, I, I mean, mean that's, like also, a, that's like a big event. Yeah, it's not like it was something that... I can see it if it's, you know, just... I mean, when we were talking about the Whaley House, like, just one or two... What, like, under a handful of people died there, and I still was like, this house could for sure be haunted. Like, this is an entire right. plane. Right. It's where so many people died. I think it's pretty bonkers that they would salvage parts from from a plane that crashed and then put it on another plane. I don't know. I just feel like that's, like, kind of weird. That doesn't seem safe. Yeah, like like, well, this was the 70s, so... Yeah. Anything went in the seventies. Um, so seventies se- tagline. Anything goes. Anything goes. Um, let's see. Uh, regardless, regardless of Eastern's official position on the ghost stories, all parts salvaged from Flight Four Hundred One were eventually removed from other aircraft. Um, and Thank while, God. Uh, yeah, while Eastern Airlines publicly denied that their planes were haunted, they reportedly. Uh, like I said, removed all salvaged parts. And then over time, the reporting of ghost sightings stopped. And an original floorboard from Flight 401 remains in the archives at History Miami in South Florida. Um, pieces of Flight 401's wreckage can also be found in Ed and Lorraine Warren's Occult Museum. 
my fucking god of course I know. they get tied into this shit I know I I just really had to include that in there because I knew god damn it I really needed to do it. It was so important. Fucking the Warrens. <laughs> I know, I know. So, um, back when I said, like, Frank Borman, the CEO, had called the ghost stories surrounding crash garbage, uh, just another tidbit <laughs> is that Eastern Eastern considered suing for libel based on assertions of a cover-up by Eastern executives, but Borman opted not to feeling a lawsuit would merely provide more publicity for this book where, like, these accusations and everything were going on. Um, however, Bob Loft's widow and children did sue um, for infringement of Loft's right of publicity, for invasion of privacy, and for intentional infliction of emotional distress. But the lawsuit was dismissed, and the dismissal upheld by the Florida 4th District Court of Appeal. Jesus. I know. And then, uh, according to, let's see... Robert J. Serling's 1980 book, um, From the Captain to the Colonel, an or- Informal History of Eastern Airlines. The claim that wreckage uh, from Flight 401 was installed and later removed from other Eastern aircraft was, in fact, false. And no Eastern employees had ever claimed to have seen or believed in the alleged ghost sightings. And then skeptic Brian Dunning claims that the origin for the ghost sightings was actually a joke made by Eastern Airlines captain by an Eastern Airlines captain after an emergency landing in which he quipped that he thought Don Repo's ghost was on the plane. So these Mm. guys are saying none of this, in fact, happened at all. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that, though, because, like, there was, like, those logbooks went missing, and then it was all this hush-hush. If you talk about this, we're going to fire you. I I don't know. Like, if it's all, in fact, a joke, I I don't know. It all just seems kind of weird. I mean, I guess I understand it in the aspect of, like, like if they really don't want bad publicity, like, no one's going to... Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. If a yeah. if a, they're like, oh, yeah, the ghosts of our previous crash are on our planes. I'm like, I'm not fucking getting on one of your planes. Right, you know, like, exactly. I can understand that to a degree, but it does seem... I don't know. It It seems like this got really carried away for a joke, you know? If that's what it started yeah. out as. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a really it was a really cool like story to look into. It was really interesting. I'll tell you what was the freakiest fucking thing for me though, is when they said that they saw the guy in the overhead fucking bin. <laughs> I don't like that. That feels very like, the conjuring. I was like, what the fuck? No. So No, I don't now, like, I I think the first story is interesting. That the captain yeah. walked in. Like, I think that's a funny story. Not funny, but I think it's a cool story, you know? Yeah, I like, I like the that. idea of the loose wire thing. Like, I think that's... Yeah. I think it's interesting. But I yeah. still... I always come back to this. I hate the idea that if you die tragically, then you just continue to do the same things you were doing when you were alive. Like, that sucks. Yeah, like, those poor dudes deserve to, you know, move right. on and They whatever. deserve to go on and be at peace or whatever. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that's the ghosts of flight 401. Thank you very much to, to the listener who sent it in. And it was, um, it was a wild ride to, to research. That's for sure. That's a really fun one. Thanks odd fam. Thanks odd fam. You guys are the best. Um, but that's really, that's it. It's a short and sweet episode this time around. And we're going to be, well, we're going to be cutting out a portion of this when we're editing because we had all kinds of technical issues. My God. Holy cow. So I just um, saw it's me too. <laughs> oh no! Good luck to you, my friend. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank 
Thank you for your well wishes. Everybody wish me. If this episode goes up, it's going to be chunked up. <laughs> it's Yeah, and nothing like starting 2022 with a bang, you know? That's right. That's but exactly we hope it, you so. guys had a peaceful, not bangy 2022 entry. Wow, that was a weird sentence. We hope everything went well. We hope it was quiet, is what I mean. We're wishing for a smooth entry into 2022. <laughs> That's right. Good <laughs> That's guy. Right. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, until next time. Stay strange. <laughs>